Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Good, good morning, everybody. How you doing? How's everyone doing? 6 a.m. listeners, here we go. Happy Thursday. All right, I got to bring it down a notch. Hey, big fella. Uh, how hey, are you, Mike? How you? I'm how you, okay. I was a little distraught yesterday. How you doing? You, you okay? I had to, uh, had to take a little time off to, you know, console myself. I had to hunker down a little bit and decide what I was going to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> After one, Tom Brady, world's greatest American, decided to hang him up. It was touch and go there for a minute. We were worried about you. Yeah, constantly tweeting him. Tom, reach out to me, Tom. Tom! He never got back to me. He didn't? No. I'm sure he'll... Rectify that wrong oh. today. I'm sure that's a gross oversight on yeah. his part. Speaking of rectify, I took my temperature a bunch yesterday. <laughs> Thought I was coming down with something. <laughs> Everything Just, good? Yeah, I was so upset. <laughs> well, okay. if you did it that way, you know it's authentic. Yeah, hey, it's you know it's accurate. accurate. It is. I'm a stickler for accuracy. You know that. Uh, you using the whole fist doc? Oh, it's good. I was, we, were, we were wondering how old Stink was doing. Yeah. Honey, check it again. Check it again. <laughs> I love Tom Brady. Oh, well, we are glad you're back. It was a uh, it was a, a scheduled day off, so no, you were not uh, yeah. mourning. Well, you were. I, I did, yeah, I did not need an emotional day off. But you are you are into the stages of grief, right? Yeah, now. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be a little while, but yeah, it's uh, gonna take some time. Hopefully talking through your your emotions today will will make you feel better. Yes. So so you were not on yesterday to mm. uh, share your thoughts on the Sean Payton hiring. Yeah. Oh, man, there's so much good. There's so much. Where do you want to start with all the good stuff that's going on in regards to the Denver Broncos grabbing Sean Payton? Like, where would you like to, where would you like to start? Right, because, you know, I mean, we talk about this market and we talk about kind of, I mean, this is a guy that, I, mean, I can go all the way back to how our relationship began. If you want to go back to how our relationship began, and it, it was crazy. I'm on ESPN talking about Bounty Gate. And, I mean, it was standard operating procedure. Every Don't, don't let anybody lie to you. It went on everywhere. And it may not have been, you know, it may, but, but it was like, I... I played in Washington for the most regal man on the history of the planet or in the history of the planet and Joe Gibbs. And every day, every Monday was like an episode of Oprah Winfrey giveaway show. You know, you get a TV, you get a TV, you got a decleter. That's a hundred dollars. That's a hundred bucks. That's a, that a, I mean, it was every month. Like it was just the way it was. You knock somebody out, man, you're getting paid. It's just, it was, it was the way it was. It was all over the NFL. So I'm sitting on the set with guys who played, they're like, this is a travesty, I can't believe it. And I'm like looking around going, are you got, 
are we on crazy pills here? You guys are trying to tell me you didn't do this? I'm like, hey, hey man, I can't speak for you dudes. But, like, dude, every Monday, was a, it, there was a lot of cash getting hung. The getting, I mean, I still got TV sets and things from my days with the Redskins. Like, so, I'm like, this is this is ridiculous because you don't like the language of it. So I'm actually, I'm actually between flights in an airport flying home. I'm in Chicago O'Hare, and my phone rings. I answer it, and it's Sean Payton. And he goes, listen, man, I just want to tell you, there's not one person in that organization, in ESPN, that's allowed in our building, except for you. You're the only guy that told the truth on television about this. And that's how our relationship started. Um, and you know what? I've been, I've been welcomed there ever since. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, I mean, I can go on and on with Sean Payton stories, things I've learned from Sean Payton, um, you know, just the, just the, the, like the bunk rumors, you like, we can go through whatever you want to go through. Like the whole, the whole ego thing. G- give me a break. I mean, this is a guy when I wasn't even working for him, when I was at practice, because my son was pitching in AAA, he was pitching against the baby cakes, which the stadium is right across the street from their practice facility. Oh, hey, I am coming over. I want to come over to practice. Yeah, come by. And then he runs me into the facility during practice, and, and you got to like you got to look at their facility. He ran me through where the players are. Hey, this is what we did. We extended this weight room. We did this da 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 da. Hey, here's what we did in the lockers. You know, we put in these air dryers for their shoulder pads. They just hang the shoulder pads up and dries them out between practices. Da 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 da. You know, here's the hydro. Here's the the hydro area. You know, where we we did all new jacuzzis and cold tubs. Da. Here's the cryovac area. Da da. You go upstairs, dude, it's a scene from that 70s show where the coaches' offices are. They haven't upgraded that in this. Like, that carpet's from the 70s. They haven't upgraded the coaches' offices. Every penny gets spent on the players. And then I walk out to practice. He walks me out to practice and goes, oh, oh, by the way, if you see anything we're doing, this is a guy who's won a Super Bowl. This is a guy who goes to playoffs every year. You see anything we're doing as a coaching staff that you don't agree with or you don't like, stop the drill and get involved. Correct it. Oh yeah, that's a guy with a huge ego. I mean, I, I like. I you know, what do you want to know? Like, what do you guys want to know? Well, we'll continue to hopefully debunk some of these myths throughout the course of the day. The uh, if you're a Nuggets fan and you're eagerly looking forward to the Warriors coming town tonight, don't. Because here we go. It's going to be a load management game. Oh, it's right before. Yeah, steal some victories right before the All-Star break, right? So Golden State played last night in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. lost in overtime, blew a a fourth-quarter lead, lost in overtime. And you look at their uh, starters, Curry played 43 minutes, Klay Mm -hmm. Thompson played 40, Draymond Green 39. They are going to be sitting everybody tonight, and already the line for the game tonight is Nuggets 11.5. So that tells you what's Mm going to be happening. So... Uh, am I going to criticize him? Nope. Nope. Can't do that anymore because the Nuggets have entered the load management game. And I get it. Don't like it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. And so there you go. If you were but dead set on seeing Steph Curry tonight, right. probably not going to happen. Uh, you, you'll see him. Well, yeah. He'll be on the bench. Yeah. In, in street clothes. Here's the good news, though. And, and this is, you know, this is a challenge for the Nuggets. You still got to go out and play. Oh, yeah. You still got to go out and win a game. I mean, if teams are going to give them to you, and teams don't, you know, teams don't like to play here anyhow. So they're going to give them to you. You got to take them. Absolutely. Free win. 
free win, make a difference if you want to win the conference, you want to get number one seed, maybe you want to avoid Golden State in the second round of the Mm -hmm. playoffs. These are the things that you can accomplish by getting a win tonight against a Warriors team that will be mailing it in. Up next, the best of Joel Klatt. He, like you, Mark, knows what it's like to be behind the scenes with Sean Payton. He shares his observations with you next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress, relax in your tub or shower from Bathfitter. Bathfitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. chat with Joel Klatt yesterday. Chad Brown was in for uh, Stank, and so we had a chance to, to talk with Joel, another guy who can actually talk about what it's like to be behind the scenes with Sean Payton as Joel spent a spring and summer there, his uh, last-ditch effort to play professional ball, but he got a chance to spend a lot of time behind the scenes with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, so naturally asked him his thoughts on the hiring. Uh, I think it's a great hire. I think that that's pretty obvious. I think, uh, you know, Sean has proven himself to be one of the premier coaches in the NFL. Uh, and he has been ever since he got that job in 2006 in New Orleans. So, um, you know, this is, this is certainly, well, let's just put it to you this way. I, I think that this puts an immense amount of pressure on Russell Wilson. He either has to adjust and play much better or else you know, he's the one that the blame is going to fall on if it already hasn't fallen on him. Because it's pretty clear now that uh, if this doesn't work out, it's not like you're just going to go and fire Sean Payton right away. Uh, so um, there's no excuses now for the Denver Broncos. And, and what I love about it, and this is coming from a kid that was born in Denver uh, and grew up, you know, basically during the, the, the Elway era and the Pat Bolin era, and what I always appreciated about the Denver Broncos was the fact that they always wanted to have or always did have championship aspirations. They always, always, they were one of the most successful AFC franchises really in, in history of the AFC and in, in the history of the NFL, really. When you're talking about Super Bowl appearances and, and the three Super Bowl wins, this is a franchise that tries to achieve at the highest level. And that always starts with ownership. And so this ownership group, uh, going out and at least getting the quarterback, even though it didn't work out. Now going and getting the head coach that is the biggest name um, out there, I think it signals that this is in the same vein of what we have become accustomed to during the Pat Bowen era. And and that's what I appreciate about it. Joe, what year were you? You spent a what, spring and, and summer uh, with, with the Saints? Yeah, what, what year was, was that? Um, it was... Sean had just gotten hired, and they had just signed Drew Brees, who had his shoulder still in the sling, and they had just drafted Reggie Bush. So this is the spring and summer of 2006, yeah. right after Katrina, um, which was, uh, I mean, I just remember being down there for, for OTAs and, and off-season camp, and it was, you know, it was, oh, as you can imagine, like the city was totally decimated. And, and I, by the way, th- that city has Drew and Sean and the Saints, you know, in large part to thank for their resurgence. Remember that year they, they opened, not the season, but their home opener was, I believe, a Monday night. Um, and, and you two performed and just like it, it, the Saints made it popular 
and made it okay for everyone that had left to New Orleans to go back to New Orleans because the Saints had gone back to New Orleans and back into that dome, which was the scene of all those uh, horrific scenes during the, the, the hurricane. So you, 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 you get there in 2006, his first year. Are you, are you looking back on that time saying, okay, yeah, I, I saw the signs of a guy who would go yeah. on to coach there 15 years, average 10 yeah. wins per season. You, you, you felt it? You saw it there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I felt immediately like they had something. I, I was also with Detroit that offseason, and it was a totally different feeling. Uh, being around those two organizations, I went down to New Orleans uh, unsigned as as a rookie free agent and earned a contract in the the rookie minicamp. And I, I just, again, I just remember, you know, there was this unwavering belief out of Sean that they were going to succeed, even though that organization had had no success, none whatsoever. The city decimated. Every, you know, the, remember they signed Drew Brees because Miami didn't want him. At the time, remember Nick Saban decided, you know, to not go with Drew Brees. So it was in, in some respects from the outside looking in some castoffs and, and here they were. And I, I just remember feeling this since, and, and it began with him and the way he addressed the team, the way he spoke to the team. It was like, listen, we're going to win and you're either, you know, on board or you're not. And again, the attention to detail, the attention to detail and the situation, even in the off season constantly talking about situations, situations, situations. And and I, I had a belief that they were going to succeed, and they did. Knowing what you know about Sean Payton, having watched Sean Payton and Drew Brees work, how how is that relationship going to work? How is Sean Payton going to fix Russell Wilson? Not, And, and I'm, I guess it's a two-part question. How is he going to do it from the way that he interacts with Russ and how is he going to do it from a from a scheme standpoint? Does the Sean Payton scheme, as you know it, fit with what Russell Wilson can and cannot do? Well, you know what's interesting is that there, there's been some speculation that that Russ looks at Drew and says, like, that's the type of career that I want to have. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's so Sean runs a hybrid West Coast system, and. You know, they, they were so good at nitpicking defenses and, and allowing Drew to mentally shred the defense and gaining advantages in the short areas and intermediate areas. And it wasn't necessarily just launching the ball down the field. And he didn't have to have the strongest arm. He just needed to be smart and accurate and throw on time. And I think Russ can do that. Uh, what, what I think is going to help is that he was – Sean built the entire system around Drew, and Drew improved. He became such a better player under Sean Payton and that New Orleans system. And I think the same will happen with with Russ. I, I really do. Russ is a talented guy, right? And and I don't know what happened this this year. I understand, like it didn't work. Something was was awry, if you will. And but now there's a guy there that understands what he's doing in Sean Payton, and I think that he will build a system that allows Russ to flourish, sees what he's going to do well, and then build a system around that. The best coaches in this sport, they they don't talk about what a player can't do; they talk about what a player can do, and then they they build um, 
systems and habits for your team around the things that the players can do. I think that that's famously what Bill Belichick has done his entire career. And Chad could obviously speak, you know, at length to that. But you find out what your guy can do, and then you build the system around those things, and that's what allowed New Orleans to have success, and I think that's what's hopefully going to allow Denver to have success. There he is, best of uh, Joel Klatt, each and every week, presented by Audi Flatirons. We'll have uh, Troy Rank join us coming up here in about 20 minutes or so, get his thoughts on Sean Payton, and, and start to get a sense of how this coaching staff, the Sean Payton coaching staff, how that's going to be rounded out will Vic Fangio be a part of it all that coming up plus we have the morning brew for you next plenty of reaction from the NFL world to Sean Payton's hiring Deion Sanders wow what an offseason put the finishing touches on it yesterday we'll hear from Prime and a and a and a great answer uh from Nikola Jokic when asked the significance of now averaging a triple double this season all that coming up in the morning brew next it's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Ton of reaction pouring in from around the NFL world to the hiring of Sean Payton. Here's Teddy Bruschi on ESPN. Why I say this can have an immediate impact is because if I'm a player in that locker room and say I'm a vet, like Canty knows and Neek knows, when 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 head coaches are making decisions, we go through our own head and we're like, yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do. To have Hackett last year and some of the things that he was doing is like, what you, you think to yourself, what is going on around here? So is that the simplest thing let, let's start with when it comes to the benefits of, of Sean Payton? You are going to, really for the first time since Gary Kubiak, have an adult in the room. Yeah, well, have a guy that you're not, like, that you don't question. A guy that has answers. You know, and, and obviously Vic Fangio was an adult, but, you know, hey, what did you think of your offense today at training? I didn't really watch them. Well, yeah, then he wasn't an adult. Right, I'm you're, talking you're about the head the, coach from, of the yeah, defense. Yeah, right. Yeah, from, you're the head coach, right. not the head coach of the defense. So, yeah, no, I think that there is, I think that, that there is, say, there's a right way to do it. And, and that's the way we're going to do things. And like, I, like I've said for a long time, man, you think that, uh, you think that you've, you know, been working hard and prepping hard and studying hard and doing all those things. Yeah, like there's going to be a new, there's going to be an, a, kind of a new standard that's I think going to be a little bit shocking to some yeah you talk about that a lot that there are guys who've been a Bronco their entire career like a guy like Justin Simmons and I'm not bagging on Simmons but all he's known is one way and he he probably thinks this is the way it is and he's probably getting ready to find out wow what I thought I knew about the NFL I guess I never knew because he's going to learn something new here I am in are at a different facility every week of the year for a Friday practice. I go. I went to every one of them. Go to every Friday practice. No, no, I take that back. I missed one because it was Thanksgiving. But I've gone to pretty much every Friday practice over 18 weeks. The difference in those practices, the difference in the tempo, the difference in the detail, the difference in the way teams practice, it's palpable. You can see it. You can feel it. You can taste it. And the teams that really 
show up. Like you, there's a, you, like I walk out of some practice and go, oh, that team's not very prepared. And I walk out of some practice and go, oh, that team's that team is dialed in. And you can see it, Mike. You can definitely see it. Next on the morning brew, Prime. Prime. We coming. Deion Sanders capping off an amazing first couple of months at CU. Let me start by saying I absolutely love Boulder, Colorado. I really do. It was a hidden gem for me because I had no idea. You know, I ain't never been skiing. I really, but now I'm just ecstatic about Vail and everything associated to this. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to get into a home so I could lay down and chill and have my dog run around the yard and, and, and have, call the place home. We coming! We coming! Oh, I just got chills. Did you? Look at that. You're excited about that. I do believe you owe me a coffee, too. Their recruiting class ended up being ranked uh, 21st. I said they would be inside the top 30. You said, no, be around 50 or something. Is that the, the high school recruiting class? Not the transfer portal. Transfer portal, they're like yeah. number one. Right. Recruiting class. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll buy you a coffee on that. All right, cool. I don't have a problem with that. Awesome. Next on the Morning Brew, Nikola Jokic. When asked how he feels now that he's averaging a triple-double for the season. It's a short answer, so pay attention. How does he feel? Ooh. <laughs> that was it? Is he said, how do you feel about averaging a triple-double? Ooh. Ooh, big deal. Like, like, I don't care. Right. He doesn't either, does he? He doesn't care. Love it. You hear a lot of athletes say, ah, yeah, these accomplishments. I'll I'll look back on them, you know, when I'm in a rocking chair someday, right? Mm-hmm. But do you really believe them when they say that? Or are they well aware of what they've accomplished and what they're accomplishing? Because with him... I, I really do get the sense he doesn't care. The the art of not giving a you-know-what. And a lot of guys talk about it. A lot of guys act as though they don't care, but they hear everything. You think Aaron Rodgers has rabbit ears? Oh, the biggest. You think Russ Wilson has rabbit ears? Oh, yeah. Jerry Judy? Ah, oh, what's up, Doc? <laughs> There's some dudes that really, that truly don't give a rip. Um, they're few and far between. Most everybody's paying attention. I'll just say that. Well, in this case, I don't know if he's paying attention, but I'm paying attention because I just, I know what you've said and you've talked to people who are connected with NBA MVP voters and that they don't want to vote for Jokic for a third straight MVP just because he's never won a title. But if you average a triple-double, you're winning. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you got to win it. How can you, yeah. as a voter, in good conscience, yeah, maybe you even come out and say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this with some trepidation because he hasn't won a title and the other three players, Wilt, Russell, and... and, and um, Bird, bird that that won three in a row. They they won titles, but the dude just went on average a triple double. Hey, now he's got to win the MVP. The, there's only two guys that have averaged a triple double during the season. It's the Big O, right? Yeah, and it's Westbrook. Yep, both guards, right? Uh, yes. 
He'd be the only big man in the history, the, the history of the NBA. I don't know how long that is. Got to be close to 100 years. To average a triple-double? Come on, dude. You like that would be the only guy ever to do it. Will didn't do it. Russell didn't do it. Kareem didn't do it. Yo, know, Robert Parrish didn't do it. Uh, Bill Walton, who Bill is Walton. widely regarded as yeah. the best passing big man until Jokic came along. Patrick Ewing didn't do it. Akeem Olajuwon didn't do it. I mean, do we need to keep going with the big man names? Hmm. Artist Gilmore never did it. Artist Gilmore never did it. Bob Lanier never did it. Bob Lanier. I can do this all day long if you want. Uh, Jack Sigma never did it. Jack Sigma. Oh, that's a great name. Bill Lambeer never did it. Bill Lambeer. Who was the, uh, who was it? Paul Mokeski never did it. Oh, uh, Cartwright. (laughs) Yeah. It was a Cartwright. I could do do this, literally, I could do this. Who was the guy that took over? The Australian guy that took over after Cartwright from the Bulls. Uh, oh, oh. Luke, uh, was it Luke? Uh, no. Luke Longley. Luke Longley never did it. Luke Longley most definitely never did it. Yeah. Next on the morning crew. As somebody asked, is Mark okay? Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. This I'm is retiring. Uh, okay. Nope. That's where he got me. Another process uh, was a pretty he, big deal last time. Uh, well, he got emotional here. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you mm. for supporting Especially me. It said where he got emotional there. He was thinking to you. He was talking directly to me. You were his muse. Yeah. And we talked about it. Like, I might be out of a job when Tom Brady retires, and he said he would take it under consideration. I wonder if he's going to just ask to do a three-man booth and have me in there with him. I would be like his, I'd be like his, uh, his, uh. You'd be like his get-back guy. Yeah, but I would be, I would be like who Johnny Carson had, uh. Oh, you'd be like Ed McMahon. Yeah, Ed McMahon. You're right, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Tom would say something. Go ahead, say, say, give me some football, like you're Tom Brady. yeah. All right. Um, um. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, um, Patrick Mahomes did an amazing job there of picking out that uh, robber on the blitz and uh, and beating it for that touchdown. And here. <laughs> you are correct, Tom. <laughs> I mean, that would be, that'd be my whole role. That'd be your whole role. That'd be awesome. That's right. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is, uh, by the way, do you, you think TV's next for him or uh, will he be doing the... Analyst, game, game analyst. Will he be doing studio? What do you, what do you think? I, what do you you know, think he's got the contract. Tommy? He got the contract to do games. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him get rolled out of the Super Bowl to do something. He said he's not going to do it. Okay. Apparently, he's not going to be involved in Super Bowl coverage. All right. Well, um, I like. There's part of me that that says does. Like I talked to, I talked to Bruce Arians about it. And Bruce Arians goes, you know, people like, oh, he won't be, he'll be great because he's just that dude is just a workaholic. Like he's gonna work, so he thinks he'll be good. But I don't know, man. Do you want to travel around? Do you want to do all that stuff, or do you want to just go to the studio show on Sundays with Michael Strahan and Terry Bradshaw and and you know and and those guys, Howie Long and those yeah. guys. I, I see the work you put in every single week. Every single week, I, I I watch you do your game prep routine, and it is it is truly an all week affair with travel and and everything involved. It, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, uh, and if you're going to do it right, 
Right. If you say he would do it right, then it would take a lot of time, and maybe that's time he just doesn't want to spend. Well, right? He would have a private jet. I mean, he's not flying commercial. Fox would fly him around privately. Well, you don't. You don't, you don't fly private. No, no, that does not that not happen for me. <laughs> I might though if I'm working with Tommy, going, oh, yes, that Ooh. is that is what's going on with the morning brew. Troy Rank joins us. Uh, what is the Sean Payton staff going to look like, including the O-line coach? That's next. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Try rank of Denver 7 joins us, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Good morning, Troy. Morning, Mike. How are you? Oh, great. How are you? I mean, uh, how are you guys over there at uh, Denver 7? All excited about Sean Payton? I mean, give me your, uh, I I know you've talked to me, and I know you've talked to a bunch of other people, so your takeaway now that it's bad, kind of a day to settle, what what say you about the Sean Payton hire? Listen, simply put, they got a winner. No more training wills, no more wondering where a guy's going to stand on the sidelines, can he call plays? From the booth, silly questions we've asked the last three plus, you know, three plus coaches. And you look at Sean Payton's resume, he's got a chance, a Hall of Fame chance. If they get to another Super Bowl, he wins another Super Bowl. I'm excited about it. You know, listen, I like John Harbaugh, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh. And I thought that initially that might be the target. And who knows with Jim? I mean, he's an odd bird. And it looks like it was just another flirtation with the NFL. But the reality is, if you just look at resume, no one was better that was available than Sean Payton. And if you take out the draft pick compensation, I think he would have been a top target for a number of teams. So I think it's a great move by Denver. But the draft compensation is real. And folks, some folks are freaked out by it. How would you talk him off the ledge? Well, essentially, you traded Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton. And given the criticism Bradley Chubb took here the last couple of years of his career, I find it ironic that somehow that tri- that pick is so invaluable. <laughs> and here's the reality of it, that if you're a draft and development team and that's who you are and you're going to win through the draft, then you don't like trading draft picks. I get that. The Broncos really haven't been that, number one. Secondly is the fact that if Sean Payton is the coach you think he is, you wouldn't give up. Let's just say it was two picks and they didn't even get a pick back. You wouldn't give up like a Shane Ray and a Baron Browning or a Paxton Lynch and somebody in the second round. Like, you wouldn't do that, really? For a coach that you think is going to be here five or six years and get this thing back on track? I I just find that fascinating that this 29th pick overall, what what was that player going to be, a starting guard, maybe? I mean, I I just don't understand. if Unless you just don't like Sean Payton, then I get it. Uh, but I don't have issue with the draft pick compensation. Once you go in with Sean Payton, it's a, you widen the lens. It's a longer-term deal. Where that's dangerous is after two years, it fails miserably, and you gave up a first-round pick. But I, I don't have any issue with it. Essentially, you traded Bradley Chubb to Miami to get the 29th pick for Sean Payton. Yeah, stop me when uh, one of these guys resonates with you, the 29th overall pick, and uh, how we couldn't give up the 29th pick for Sean Payton. Uh, Dominic Easley, Philip Dorsett, Robert Kimdichie, David Njoku, D- uh, Taven Bryan, LJ Collier, Isaiah Wilson, Eric Stokes, or Cole Strange. Who can you not live without in that group? All you 29th pick, we can't give those guys up? Like, which one can you not live without? 
Give me a break. Exactly. That, that's Give my point. I, I get it. If you were giving up a top five pick, which can be an all pro guy, or you know, certainly going to come in and could change your franchise. The 29th pick, you're hoping becomes a starter. Yeah, I can be an all pro guy like Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. You know, really change your franchise for the worse. I yeah, that that one doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, what about putting a coaching staff together? What's going to happen there? How uh, how does that how does that does Sean Payton go about that? And how does that work? Like, when do you expect the coaching staff to be put together? Well, they're going to officially announce it. So, I mean, he's doing it now, obviously. They, they back channels, all this stuff. And when you get a job, when these coaches interview, they tell them who their staff would likely be. Joe Lombardi worked with Sean for several years in New Orleans. He makes some sense. Um, you know, Vic Fangio, I had texted Vic two days ago to see what was going on with his situation, if he would come back. I still think he ends up in Miami or San Francisco. And personally, I would recommend that. I respect the heck out of Vic Fangio's defensive brilliance. I just think it would be awkward for him to come back so soon after being fired by the Broncos because you're coaching many of the same players. Uh, would you keep Coach Ijiro Evero? I would, but I don't know. I, you know, talking to a source late last night, they feel like he could end up with the Vikings, or if Raheem Morris gets a job and leaves the Rams, that uh, Coach E could end up back with the Rams. But you're going to see a staff in general that's a much more veteran staff. I mean, one of the things with Coach Hackett was every guy doing his job was kind of doing it for the first time. And it worked out with Coach Ijiro, but most of them appeared miscast, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. So what you can expect is Broncos country is a much more veteran staff. Sean Payton is going to call plays. He did it for 15 years. I don't recommend that for any really first-time head coach. He's not a first-time head coach. His offense averaged 27 points over a decade and a half. He can do this. And he will have people around him that, as you were telling me yesterday, Mark, this guy's going to pay attention to detail. He's going to be demanding. And that's what we always say. you got to have a coach to coach your coaches. Last year, we got a guy who's, you know, developed game plans and presentations for coaches. No one was held accountable to performance. And that's what Sean Payton will bring, regardless of the players, which we'll see. But you got to hold your coaches accountable to get better. And I think we'll see that with a veteran staff with Sean Payton. Charlie, we got about a minute left. You've been covering sports here in Denver for a long time, in Colorado for a long time. How would you characterize, define, describe what you've seen from Deion Sanders at CU to this point? Yeah, I mean, the excitement level, I mean, I was here when John Elway arrived. I was here when Peyton Manning arrived. It's it's similar in that he's not a player, he's a coach, but... When you when you look at where CU was, I mean, they were in the abyss. They were arguably the worst Division One program last season, certainly in the conversation. Now you got your coach on game day. You are a national story on signing day. So to me, it's just you flipped it on its head. And take beyond his name, Coach Prime and Deion Sanders. Look at his recruiting class. You need a top twenty-five national recruiting class. One, well, I think, the fourth-ranked transfer portal class. The kid they just got from Miami, that cornerback, he compares favorably to Pat Sertan. I said this yesterday on Zach and Brandon's show. So you're going to see guys playing on Saturday that are going to play on Sunday. You're going to see Sunday players on Saturday if you go to Boulder. And we haven't said that since I was in school, maybe, maybe even 2000, Gary Barnett's last time. But when I was in school, 89 to 93, you saw pro guys every weekend. And that's what you're seeing again. So it's phenomenal, Mike. It couldn't be any better. A lot of fun. A lot of excitement. Good stuff around here. Thank you very much, Troy. Yep.
Try Rank, our Denver 7 Insider, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Four Down Territory coming up, we'll hear from Deion Sanders. Also, what's going on with Bones? How does Michael Malone feel about Bones Highland? Is he in Malone's doghouse? That's next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 